You know, it's just like God to do something great through something small, which is exactly what Isaiah is saying when he says the child will be called Mighty God. I hope you'll join us today as we continue in our series called The Prince of Peace right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, good morning. I'm Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and your host for Venture Podcast, and I want to welcome you back. Hey, um, you know, uh, it's that time of season, right, where it's getting closer and closer to Christmas, and uh, it's just uh, a nice time to to gather with family and, and friends and our church and, and just, um, you know, kind of reflect on the year and... Uh, uh, this year has been, I'm sure, uh, troubling for many. <laughs> uh, it's a trial year, you know, where just we're still not sure where COVID's going. Um, just all kinds of uh, other events going on. Um, for you personally, it might be, you know, where we're struggling through a loss of a family member or somebody that's really sick or something like that. I know personally myself, uh, I lost my dad this year, and so this Christmas will be the first time without him. Uh, it'll be a bit of a tough one to get through, but. But by the grace of God, we will get through, right? Amen. So, hey, uh, on that note, uh, with the year wrapping up, um, you could help us with a couple of things. One, just continue praying for this ministry. Um, be praying for Venture Podcast uh, through Chandler Acres that that we continue to reach people all over the world, which we are doing, uh, which I'm so blessed uh, to be uh, speaking to so many of you through uh, different places in this in this world. And so I'm honored and uh, appreciate that. Um, the other way you can help is um, to basically make sure that you make comments, um, share this podcast with other people so they can get the word out there and they will hear it too. And it, it kind of just, you know, does the snowball effect where it just reaches more and more people uh, with the word of God. And then the last thing, uh, man, it, it's a big ask, but, you know, as the year rolls in and, um, uh, this year comes to a close that if you uh, have the heart uh, to help us uh, in a financial way, uh, man, that would be a blessing too. Uh, I'm just going to be real. Uh, I'm not um, begging you. I'm just, man, if you're in that position and you can help us out financially, uh, man, it would be uh, much appreciated um, to allow God to continue to reaching people uh, across this world uh, with this message. Uh, I would appreciate it so much. And I know uh, there's people out there that would appreciate it that um, that do not know God yet, and and maybe uh, your 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 finances can help uh, make that happen. And so, if you would like to do that, uh, you can just give through our church. Uh, it's ChandlerAcresChurch.com, and then backslash give, and then in there when you mark, just make a comment towards uh, Venture Podcast, and then that makes sure that will make sure that money gets through our church specifically. Um, for Venture Podcast to, to help in that way. So, uh, man, that would be great. It's ChandlerAcresChurch.com backslash give. Um, you can also mail us a check. Um, just go to our website, ChandlerAcresChurch.com, and you can find our, our mailing address if you want to do that way too. So, 
man, love you guys and uh, continuing to pray for you as always. But uh, so if you've just joined us um, for this series, uh, last week we began covering one of the most famous descriptions of Christmas in all of history as we began to look at the famous words from Isaiah 9. And so let's read that again today. It's Isaiah 9, 6, and it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So last, last week, we discovered that, that God was so excited about the gift that he was going to send on Christmas that he started telling people about it 700 years before it happened. Uh, that's when Isaiah was written, which was 700 B.C. In 700 B.C., the people of Israel were, were facing hostile enemies to their east. Uh, it was the nation of Assyria, or we will know it as modern-day Iraq. Uh, and, and they were raiding, conquering, and causing all sorts of terror, uh, particularly on Israel's north and eastern borders. Okay? And God knew how they were feeling, so he issued them a promise through one of his most respected spokesmen, uh, the prophet Isaiah, and he wrote the promise in, in what we just read in Isaiah 9-6. So today, in the second week of our series, all I want to cover with you is the second two-word phrase in verse 6, which says, Mighty God. And I think if you'll stay with me for the next few minutes, uh, you will see the babe born in Bethlehem in a whole new light, and, and that it could change your Christmas season, okay? And I believe for some of you, it might even change your life, okay? So he says, and he will be called Mighty God. Now, there's a paradox in this passage. Uh, God is telling people that one day a child will come, a baby, uh, the most vulnerable of human beings, one who can't feed himself, clothe himself, communicate, defend himself, a completely dependent one, needs somebody else to, to, to survive, right? And that, this, and that is this, this child will be almighty God, right? And that's the exciting part about Christmas. There's a, there's a baby being born who will change the world, right? There's a small one coming with limitless power. One time, years before this prophecy, the nation of Israel was facing an unconquerable enemy a nearby nation by the name of Midian. Uh, and they were attacking them and repeatedly stealing their food, their animals, their tools, and their jewels, okay, everything, right? Well, the Israelites tried year after year to stop these Midianites, but they couldn't. It was, it was humane, humanly po impossible, right? Because they, they were limited in size and numbers and resources. The Midianites were just a superior power uh, to, to these folks. So, so they did exactly what many of us do. They tried anything and everything they could under their own power. And then when all us failed, right, we, we cry out to God saying, help us, right? Well, they said, send us a deliverer, right? And God did, but in a, in a typically unusual way, okay? Um, if you can, if you've got your Bibles, man, I would love you to follow along. We're in Judges this morning because I want you to see what happens in the story. And, and I think you're going to need to read some more of it later because I'm not going to be able to read all of it the, today, but... We'll start with Judges 6, 1 through 6. Here's what it says. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's eye, uh, sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat taking all the sheep, 
goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemies' hordes, uh, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites, and then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. So, uh, like I said, for purpose of time, I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the story because it actually spans over two chapters, and I would love for you guys to, to read that on your, on your spare time, okay? In response to Israel's cries for help, right? That's what they said. They cried out for the Lord for help, right? God appoints a deliverer, okay? A very unlikely deliverer. His name was Gideon. Now, Gideon was, a, was an, an unlikely hero as any nation could have. When God comes to him and God says, Lord is, is, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, mighty warrior, okay? Um, you know what Gideon's response is? He's like, what? Mighty, mighty warrior? Me? Me, a mighty warrior? How can, how can I save Israel? My, my clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my family. Not exactly a person that I would pick to be a leader if I heard that, right? Wouldn't you agree? Well, so God says to him, here's the deal, Gideon. I want to prove to my people and to the world that I can do something great with something small. So, so Gideon, the Midianites, are about to attack your country with 120,000 soldiers. 120,000. And I'm going to use you to defeat them with an army of 300. Okay? And just to make it a fair fight, God didn't allow the 300 to receive training at a local Air Force base or an Army base or anything like that, right? But despite the odds, the 300 under Gideon win. They're never again troubled by the Midianites. The moral of the story is it's just like God to do something great through something small, which is exactly what Isaiah is saying when he says the child will be called Mighty God. Last week, we learned the original Hebrew language uh, for the words of a, mighty, uh, a wonderful counselor. Sorry, um, And so today, I want to teach you the Hebrew words for mighty God. And they are El Gibber, E-L space G-I-B-B-O-R, El Gibber. El is the noun in the phrase. Gibber is the adjective that modifies the noun. El is the shortened form of Elohim which is the most common name used for God in the Old Testament. When the Bible says that in the very first verse in uh, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the word for God there is Elohim. Okay? Whenever the shortened form of El is used instead of Elohim in, in the Bible, El always describes the mighty one. El basically is the mighty one, Okay, which is very interesting because Gibber the second word in the phrase is an adjective that modifies the, the mighty one, and gibber itself means mighty. <laughs> okay? So literally what Isaiah 9, 6 is saying is, and he will be called the mighty, mighty one. This is a paradox, a paradox typical of the way God works. He puts something great into something small, right? But it's a little hard for, for rational people to swallow. After all, how can a baby be a mighty, mighty God, right? Well, let's have some fun for a minute, okay? Consider this. From ancient times, prophecies about the coming Messiah are strewn all throughout the Old Testament, starting with the third chapter of Genesis, where God says the one to save the world will be born, the offspring of a woman, comes from Genesis 3.15. There are actually 12 such ancient prophecies that Jesus fulfilled before he could walk. Ten of them before he even got out of the womb. And the Bible says he will be born, the offspring of a woman, 
from a virgin, the son of God, a descendant of Abraham, from the line of Isaac, from the nation of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, from the family of Jesse, from the house of David, in Bethlehem, presented with gifts, and children will be killed. Do you know how hard it is to fulfill any prophecy of antiquity, much less 12 of them? So several years back, uh, Professor Peter W. Stoner wrote a book uh, titled Science Speaks, and in there he used the mathematical science of probability and, and came up with a number that, that I can, honestly cannot pronounce uh, properly with any way, uh, uh, with the possibility of any, uh, and he did it with the possibility of any person fulfilling even even eight such prophecies, okay? So uh, I, I can't, I wish I could show you this number because I can't pronounce the number, so I'm just going to read it to you, okay? It's 100 000 000 Okay, that's a hard number to get our minds around, right? So Soner uh, describes it this way. He says, if we take this number, this, this large number of silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas flat, okay, they will cover the state two feet deep, okay? Now, he says, mark one of those silver dollars and then, you know, mark it with like a, a marker or, or something, some, something that identifies itself from any other the, of the silver dollars. And then take all of those, stir the mass thoroughly all over the state, right? Then blindfold a man or a woman and tell them that they, they can travel as far as they wish. But during their travel, while still blindfolded, he must pick up one silver dollar and say that that is the right one without looking at it, right? With that in mind, how many of you think you could fulfill eight prophecies of Scripture, even if you really, really tried, right? Jesus pulled off 10 of them while he was still in the womb. That, that's mighty, mighty impressive to me, right? That's approaching God-like stature in my humble opinion. And he got better. Throughout his adult life, he fulfilled over 300 more prophecies, and when he grew up, people marveled at what he could do. Skeptics often scoff at Jesus' ability to perform miracles, but, but miracles are only miracles because they're outside the bounds of the normal laws of nature. You see, breaking such laws ought to be no problem for the God who invented them, right? So everywhere he went, people watched Jesus heal people, sometimes their bodies, sometimes their minds, sometimes their souls, and often all three. One time, Jesus got, gets word that his closest cousin, John the Baptist, had been killed. Uh, the wife of the wicked king, uh, her name was Jezebel. Uh, you, might have, you might have heard her name. Uh, the king who ruled over Israel at the time had apparently gotten tired of John. This, this, um, his wife is, did get tired of, her, so, tired of him. So she had her husband chop off his head. Now imagine how you'd feel if you just received such news. Now, in our days, we're probably not going to receive news like somebody's head got chopped off, but, but we might receive the news that somebody got cancer or somebody was in an accident, right? Well, obviously, it hurt Jesus deeply, right? So he's not at his best when the next day he's out teaching all day on an, up, on an open hillside, and he's there teaching to an unexpected crowd of probably about 15,000 people. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 14 says there were 5,000 5, adult men in the audience, but but we can figure that there was at least one child and one woman per adult male. 
And so there's probably more roughly around 15,000 folks. Either way, a huge number, right? And, and we all know the story. He took five loaves of bread and two fish and fed these 15,000 people. And better yet, there was leftovers, right? So right there we know they're Southern Baptist. Anyway, <laughs> side joke, sorry. Uh, personally, I don't know anyone who would pull off something like that except a mighty, mighty, mighty God, right? Then the Bible says that immediately after that, Jesus packed his weary disciples into a boat and sent them off across the lake, telling them he'd catch up with them the next day. On the other side of the lake, meanwhile, Jesus went up on top of the mountain to pray, probably, theologians believe, about the death of his cousin John and other things, okay? The lake that Jesus set the disciples on was called the Sea of Galilee. Now, it's a unique lake because, one, um, it's called the Sea of Galilee, and even though it's a lake, and two, it sits inland from the Mediterranean Sea about 30 miles, and it's about 1,200 feet below sea level, which means that when the weather turns, it turns violently in, in this little rift valley, okay? The Bible says that around 3 a.m. after Jesus finished his almost all-night prayer session, he set out to catch up with the disciples, only he had no boat. So instead of sailing, he decided to walk straight across the lake. And it wasn't winter there. It's really never winter there. It's never frozen over, okay? In fact, while Jesus is out walking, the weather decides to take a turn. And all of a sudden, huge waves are breaking everywhere, right? Which I would think would be, you know, a little hairy, a little scary, e even if I could walk on water, right? But Jesus isn't thinking about himself once the winds pick up. He's thinking about his disciples in the boat up ahead. Here's how the Bible describes it. He says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. All I can picture in that when I think of that is like Scooby-Doo and the, the gang, right? Oh, it's a ghost, you know. And they cried out in fear, right? But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then a kind of a, a fun side note here. Peter replied to Jesus. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus is like, okay, come on out, you know. Come, he says, Jesus said, right? Then Peter got down off the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. That's from Matthew 14, 20, 28 through 32, if you want to read the whole thing. You know, to me, though, that's, that's pretty powerful stuff, right? He, it, it, I'd be tempted to call it mighty powerful stuff, honestly. You know, he fed 15,000, walked on water, empowered a friend to walk on water, and calmed a storm. That's big work from a small package. That's how God works, right? A little over 2,000 years ago, he sent a little package to earth with a, a message to Mary. He said, handle with care, right? No, he didn't really say handle with care. But basically he's saying, because, you know, I need you to handle with care because you're handling the almighty God, right? The little babe was, was mighty in his birth and grew up to be even mightier, conquering great forces effortlessly. So here's a question I, I want to ask all of you, okay, since pretty much I started this podcast is, what are the great forces coming after you these days? What are the great forces coming after you? Might it be, you know, in this time of, time of season, uh, uh, unemployment? Might it be just fear in general? 
Is some type of temptation a force in your life right now? Is there something you're doing or tempted to do that eats away at you right now? Maybe you're dealing with alcohol or any other substance abuse. Maybe it's a relationship that you know you've, you've crossed a line in. Maybe your, your great force is self-doubt or discouragement or, or depression. One reason I think God was so eager to tell people the news about the coming of his son 700 years before the actual event was because he was eager for us to do something that Jesus' closest friend discovered he could do with Jesus some years after Jesus' birth. Peter, Jesus' closest friend and companion, found the technique he had discovered was so helpful. He wrote a letter to friends to encourage them to practice it too. In his letter, Peter writes this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter 5, 6-7. So, how do, we, how do we receive God's gracious promise to provide personal care for us. Well, there's two things, right? In that scripture, there's two things. One is you humble yourself. Admit you're not as mighty as you pretend to be, right? We all do that. We pretend to be bigger than we really are, okay? So we need to humble ourselves. Number two is cast your anxiety on him. That word cast means to tell him. Tell him about the storms in your life. Tell him about the great forces of your life. And you're like, well, you know, Dan, he, he already knows. Well, yeah, he knows, but he wants you to tell him. He wants to know you understand you need to come to him, okay? So tell him about the storms in your life. So a while back, I mentioned in, in one of my podcasts that, that I wrestle with a great force coming against me almost all of the time. Uh, fortunately, my great force is not a substance or, or a temptation even. Uh, it's honestly the burden of caring for my, my church, uh, for the Church of Chandler Acres, and honestly, for you guys and, and listening on our podcast, okay? It, it never leaves me, and, and, and sometimes it gets almost overwhelming. And I had one of those almost overwhelmed feelings just a few weeks ago. Uh, the news of family that, that needed help and ministries that needed attention and other things just kind of piled up to what felt just a little too high to handle that week, okay? To the point where I was having trouble staying on task, my mind was wandering and my heart felt, you know, burdened with, with this stuff going on. And then with a little help from the Holy Spirit, I reminded that I was reminded that Jesus is a mighty, mighty God. And that he can not only handle my burdens, he actually wants to handle my burdens. As it says in Isaiah 9:6, he wants to have the government be on his shoulders. So in my office, I just paused for a minute and I put my hands on my lap. And I talked through all the things that felt like great forces blowing on me, right? I said, I said something like, Lord, here's this and this and this and whatever it was. And I said, please take the burden of them. I promise to participate in them and do what I need to do, but, but I don't think you want me to bear the weight of them. And I put what was troubling me on his shoulders. And then I wondered if an exercise like that might be helpful to, to the people I know. So here's what I would do. I like to give you all a chance to do a pondering before our mighty, mighty God, because he is in the world and he listens. He came to earth to be mighty in your weakness, strong in your infirmities, and God of, of your creation. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I, I'm just going to ask, 
um, for just take a kind of a moment. I know this is going to be weird on a podcast, and I, and don't do this if you're driving, by the way. But but and do this later if you're driving, because I would like you to participate in it. But but just kind of put your hands on your knees, close your eyes, and now think of the things that you are that are troubling you, right? That 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 you are just you know involved in, you know. The wind and the waves and the storms that are blowing against your life right now. Place those in your hands, okay? Just just kind of think about where those could go into your hand. Just kind of place them there. And then tell God about them. And ask him to take them and carry them for you. You know, he says, cast all your anxiety upon him, for he cares for you. Do that today. Just do that today. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give a moment of a kind of silence for you guys to just kind of cast those appar- uh, those um, forces upon God, those cares upon him, the anxiety upon him. Uh, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of time to pray to yourself. And, and, um, and then I will just kind of close this in a little prayer today. Father God, thank you so much for being the God of our lives, the mighty God of our lives. And Father, you say that, um, that if we cast our cares upon you, that you will take them. You will, you will carry, the, carry the burdens of them. And so Father, today as people pray all over this world to ask to, for you to carry the burdens uh, that they have going on in their lives, I pray that uh, you will intercede right now, that you will take them upon your shoulders as you promise in Isaiah 9, 6. Father, we give them to you today. Father, take care of us, watch over us, lead us, guide us, protect us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll be back next week as we upload a new episode. And then we will be uploading our last episode uh, right after Christmas Eve. This, this will wrap up our series. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.